Are you afraid? We're going to talk about that tonight. Should you be? We're going to talk about a COVID reckoning with my buddy Jordan Schachtel, the newest from the military. All that and more coming up tonight on I'm Right. You ever had your fingernails pulled out? No, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm assuming the answer to that question is no. Let's think about it this way. Have you ever torn a nail? If you've had any level of physical activity in your life, the answer to that question is probably yes. You ever stub your toe? That's a great example. You ever stub your toe? That hurts, right? Now think about this for a moment. I don't care that this is dark. I don't care. What else are we going to do? We got to talk about reality. I want you to think about this for a moment. I want you to think about somebody taking a pair of pliers and grabbing your fingernail and ripping it off of your finger. Ow, right? That's got to hurt. I've accidentally torn fingernails off before and a toenail a couple times. (laughs) That hurts. So I want you to think about that briefly. You know what the Cheka is? Most people actually do not know what the Cheka is. If you say KGB, everyone knows what that is. Oh, yeah, the Soviet, the dirty communist police, the secret police. Of course, of course. Fewer people than that, sadly, know about the NKVD. The NKVD was Stalin's secret police. Virtually nobody knows, because we have a communist education system in this country, virtually nobody knows about the Cheka. What was the Cheka? The Cheka was the ground floor. It went from Cheka, it turned into the NKVD, and then turned into the KGB. But at the very beginning, when the communists were just solidifying their power in the Soviet Union, it wasn't a KGB, it wasn't an NKVD, it was a Cheka. You can look it up, you're welcome to. They were famous for, well, all the things the NKVD and later on the KGB were famous for. They were famous for what? locking up, torturing, and murdering all the political opponents of the regime. The regime, they had a state police, but it wasn't, it wasn't to solve crimes. They weren't interested in solving crimes. The, the very, they didn't even really pretend that much to be solving crimes. This is actually the period of time when they were turning violent criminals loose to intentionally cause murder and mayhem. Huh, that sounds familiar. Anyway, They weren't there to solve crimes. They were there for the ultimate crime in the mind of the communists. What is the ultimate crime? Anyone who opposes his plans. Being a political opponent of the communists was the biggest deal in the world. Go read all the writings about the tortures and murders. It's really horrific stuff, but that's how it began. And it got worse in the NKVD and then worse still afterwards. Well, NKVD was probably worse to be honest with you. So I have people ask me sometimes, usually it's some kind of communist trying to get at me, trying to needle me. This is what they'll say to me sometimes. Oh, what are you afraid? What are you scared? Ha, what are you, you must be scared. Um, yeah, I'm scared. You bet I am. Now I'm not laying awake at night, chewing on my fingernails. I'm not laying under my bed, sucking on my thumb. I'm not that kind of paralyzed with fear but I am very scared what's happening in my country. Donald Trump, people think so much of what's happening is about Donald Trump or Joe Biden, or pick your politician that you love or politician you hate. 
We do this because it simplifies things in, my, in our minds. We're used to books and movies. There, that's the bad guy. There, that's the good guy. He's bad, he's good. Hope he loses, hope he wins. So we simplify things, it makes it easier. It's harder for us to accept there are much more powerful forces at work right now than one man. I promise you our problems in this nation are much, much, much bigger than Joe Biden and our solutions for this nation are much, much, much bigger than Donald Trump. Right now, the federal law enforcement arm, the administrative state, all of it, DOJ, FBI, CIA, NSA, ATF, all of it, they are growing, growing more partisan, growing more vicious, and growing more brazen as we speak. There isn't some pendulum swinging. This is what people think, especially people who, who remember the old ways. Well, Democrats have it for a while now, but don't worry, it's gonna swing on back and then Republicans will have it again. That is not what's happening. What we've seen for the last 10, 20 years is a slow growth of the administrative state with never a reduction or never a change in direction. So what does that mean? What does it look like? Well, I don't know. What if you had a partisan FBI that paid a Russian agent to lie about a Republican so he couldn't get elected? Or lie about a Republican after he was elected so they could justify going after him? Sounds like something the Cheka would do, right? Oh man, those dirty Russians. Oh no, 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 no. That's here. And I have even worse news. That was from five years ago. You've heard of this guy, Dechenko, right? Of course his name is Igor, because of course it would be Igor Dechenko. You understand that the Steele dossier, oh, let's slow down on this, because this can get confusing. There are so many different names, and now we're adding freaking Russian names and everything, so let's slow down. Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton's campaign. Well, part of her campaign. I'm not, I'm not gonna complicate it. Hillary Clinton's campaign. They wanted a dossier on Donald Trump, a dirt pile, make him look terrible. Hey, cheats on his taxes and uh, uh, likes cocaine. You know, it's that kind of thing all politicians do to each other. They wanted a dirt profile. So they went to a guy, a disgraced foreign agent named Christopher Steele. Steele, obviously, of the Steele dossier. Well, as big as a dirt ball as Steele is, and he just did it for the money, he didn't do it alone. He wanted sources. Hey, give me all the dirt on Trump. One of those sources was Mr. Igor Dechenko. Igor Dechenko told a bunch of lies to Christopher Steele. Christopher Steele took all, that, all those lies. He put them in the Steele do dossier, gives them to the Clinton campaign, who gives them to the FBI, who acts on all this. But it's so much worse than that. You see, the FBI knew they were lies. They knew Igor Dechenko was a hostile foreign agent and a gigantic liar. They'd already talked to him before. And what did they do in response to all this? Did they purge the Steele dossier? Place somebody under arrest? No, 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 no. They hired him. Oh, there's a foreign Russian agent who's telling lies to smear Donald Trump? Man, that's, that sounds terrible. Hey, who's got the checkbook? 
They made him a paid informant. Quote, in March 2017, the FBI signed the defendant up as a paid confidential human source of the FBI. The FBI terminated its source relationship with the defendant in October of 2020. As as alleged in further detail below, the defendant lied to FBI agents during several of these interviews. They hired him one year after Donald Trump was elected and kept him throughout the duration of Donald Trump's presidency, feeding them lies about Donald Trump, all while they were spying on Donald Trump. I need to be clear about something, and I mean absolutely crystal clear about something. I don't care if you think Trump is the Antichrist. I don't care if you think he's the savior. This is not about Donald Trump. Wake up and grow up. This is not about Donald Trump. Is Donald Trump, are his civil rights being violated? You bet. Is what's happening to him completely unjust and wrong? Absolutely. You had better wake up and realize this is about you. They are coming for you. And when they do, you can't stop them. There is no stopping an out-of-control administrative state with this kind of law enforcement power at its disposal. They are, quite frankly, unstoppable. People ask me if I'm afraid. You're daggone right I'm afraid. You know what's stopping the FBI from knocking on my door or kicking in my door at 1 p.m. tonight? You know what's stopping them? Nothing. Well, Jesse, are you committing crimes? Of course not. When has that ever mattered? They just sent 30 agents into the home of the President of the United States of America. They won't even tell you why. They sent 30 agents in there for no reason at all. What do you think they can do to you? That's the President of the United States of America and a billionaire who can hire the best attorneys out there. How much money do you have? Do you know what it costs to mount a legal defense against the federal government if they decide they're coming for you? They don't like your text messages. They don't like the memes you put on Facebook. They don't like your guns. They don't like your SUV. They don't like that you criticize them. They don't like that you question elections. And they come for you one day. They come for me one day. You know what it's going to cost to mount a legal defense that even has a chance of beating the government? Million dollars. You have a million dollars? How much money do you have? Oh, you don't? Okay. No, that's fine. It's not the end of the world. Um, You'll probably lose your job because your employer won't want to take the heat. They'll accept whatever accusation the FBI levels against you as fact. Remember, the FBI has a history of planting child pornography on people's computers. So I'm sure your employer would love that if you were accused of that. You'd be fired right away, so you'd be jobless. You'd need a million dollars to mount a legal defense. So, uh, one, the wife will probably leave you because she'll probably believe the allegations, too. Two, you'll sell your home. Your children will have to leave town because daddy is a kitty toucher in the minds of all your neighbors. Are you starting to get the idea of just how dangerous this can be? And let me clarify something else. This is the Cheka. This is the early stage. We haven't even gotten to the NKVD stage yet. Oh, but don't worry. Your Republican Party is all over this. They're currently working with Democrats to formally acknowledge a federal gay marriage thing. That's how lost we are. They went after Mike Lindell. Mike Lindell. Here it is. Today, the FBI... Uh, You're going to hear this, and you're probably already hearing it in the news. The FBI came after me and took my phone. They surrounded me at a Hardee's and uh, took my phone that I run all my business, everything with. Um, 
Um, they could have just, what we've done is weaponize the FBI. Um, it's disgusting. I don't have a computer. Everything I do have that phone. Everything was on there. And, uh, um, and they told me not to tell anybody. Here's an order not to, don't tell anybody. Okay, I won't. <laughs> well, I am. Mike Lindell, the FBI surrounded the man while he's trying to eat a burger at Hardee's and took his phone. Okay, maybe you don't love Mike Lindell. I adore the man, but maybe you hate him. That's fine. You better wake up and see what's happening. It's happening right now, not 10 years in the future. We're not talking about 50 years from now. Right now, you are being surrounded by an out-of-control administrative state that has its sights set squarely on you. People have the guts to ask me, am I afraid? Oh, you bet I'm afraid. And you better be too. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I am right. We're gonna have another thing to talk about, the military, an angle on the military maybe you haven't considered yet, and you better have considered. Now, you already know what I've been telling you about the economic situation, what many of my expert guests have been telling you about the economic situation. Do you remember what Carol Ross said to us? It was last night's show. Do you remember what Carol Ross said? What was her advice? Hard assets. Land, precious metals. Get gold in your hands. Get gold in your physical possession. Oxford Gold Group will mail it to your front door. Mail it to your front door. 833-995-GOLD. They will mail you gold coins. Recession up, recession down, economy good, economy bad, 2022 or 4022. That gold will be worth a fortune. Tell Oxford Jesse told you to call. They'll take good care of you. I've sent my own father there. 833 833- 995 gold that's 833995 gold we'll be back each morning the president of the united states receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country it's called the president's daily brief or pdb it's delivered by america's spies and analysts well now you can hear your very own pdb in the form of a podcast hosted by me brian dean wright a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country, giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning. The military. Oh, there's, there's new news out today about the... Pentagon, Department of Defense, hiring a diversity equity chick. And of course, she has a long history of Black Lives Matter, white privilege, uh, basically just a horrible human being. She's the diversity chief. Kalisha Wing is her name, but that doesn't really matter. And it, it got me thinking about this. I've been thinking about this a lot. You see what's happening to the military. You see what's happening and how fast it's happening, how, rot is, how fast the rot is taking place, how they're purging all the people who think like you. And then the soft purge means they don't want anyone new who thinks like you. And I think about this, and I think, I think maybe we're a little bit naive about our military and exactly why it's happening. You know what every single totalitarian state 
in the history of the world has done. They have used their military. You got all those guns and, and people who can hurt people and kill people, right? They have used their military against their political opponents domestically. This is something that every totalitarian regime has happened. You can mention this to anyone historically if you could travel back in time and they'd say to themselves, oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. That's, of course that's what they do. You understand that that's part of the reason why they're doing what they're doing here, right? You understand they're going to use the military against you. And hold on, hold on, because I know what you're doing right now. Jesse, they would never, the military would never. Jesse, you're being over the top. That's crazy. They would never. Okay, all right, just, just a little example for you here. You remember Joe Biden's speech, right? The, the, the one where he looked really mean and it was dark and it, and it had the red things and, and he had the two Marines flanking him. But you remember what he said about 10,000 times in the speech about a danger to democracy, a threat to democracy. We must be stronger, more determined, and more committed to saving American democracy than MAGA Republicans are to destroying American democracy. Okay. Well, that speech obviously wasn't popular. Wasn't popular at all. And especially it really rubbed people the wrong way to have the Marines standing back there. It was such a political speech. The Marines should be separate from that. But you got a couple Marines back there looking hard and angry. That's not a great look. Even the media noticed that. So the media, the next day, this happened the next day, the media asked Korean diversity hire, why the Marines standing there? And if you were paying attention, which you may, you may have missed this, there's a lot of news. Korean diversity hire, well, she told you what she thought the Marines were for. The presence of the Marines at the speech was intended to demonstrate the deep and abiding respect uh, the president has for these service, service members, uh, to these ideals uh, and the unique role our independent military plays in defending our democracy. Hmm. Well, am I still crazy? You're a threat to democracy. 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 Hey, Korean diversity hire, why are the Marines there? They're there to defend democracy. Still think I'm nuts? Wake up to what they're doing. We're not done yet. We have a ton of shows still for you to go. Don't worry about that. Before we get to it, though, let's get to this part. Let's get to the fact that it is allergy season. I am well aware that you are walking out of your home still if you park outside and you can run your finger along the hood of your car and come up with that just yellow film and just looking at it makes your eyes water. I, I know, I know. I go through this all the time. Well, actually, that's not true. I just lied. I used to go through this all the time because I have eaten pure thunderstorms. Full disclosure, we keep three of them here in the studio. Keep one right in here where all the cameras and stuff are. One in one of the rooms with all the other fancy gadgets I don't know how to use. One in another area. I have three in my home. One where I sleep. One where my kids sleep. One in the general living area. What am I, some kind of nut? No, these things are freaking miracles. They are miracles. It has changed my life. My sinuses, my eyes. They have three packs for sale for my viewers. $200 off. 200 bucks. You got to go to EdenPureDeals.com and use the code JESSE. That gets you a three-pack for $200 off. EdenPureDeals.com, code JESSE. We'll be back.
people will use masks for their own individual reasons. They may personally be vulnerable. They may have events they want to make sure they're not unwell for. They may not have had COVID-19. We all just need to respect everyone's individual decision. What? I don't think there was a more draconian country on the planet when it came to COVID and vaccines than New Zealand. Man, they sound like they're all about freedom now. That's awesome. Joining me now, my friend Jordan Schachtel of the Dossier on Substack and Dr. Jay Bhattacharya, professor at the Stanford School of Medicine, that's all, and author of the book, The Great Barrington Declaration. Um, Jordan, I guess I'll go ahead and let you spike the football on this one early on, because, well, I mean, you both have been outstanding throughout this. Jordan, New Zealand sounds like the land of the free, man. That's awesome news. It's amazing how far we've come in two years. Uh, New Zealand, for many months, if not well over a year, was forcing citizens into quarantine, essentially detention centers. Um, when you tested positive for COVID, they would put you into a hotel with armed guards and you wouldn't be allowed <laughs> to leave. And now finally, um, it's been almost three years since this craziness started. Um, and by the way, New Zealand's opening up coincided miraculously with um, Jacinda, the uh, the leader of New Zealand, Ardern, her commencement speech at Harvard. So I thought that the timing was just miraculous that they decided to open up right when she had to fly all the way to the United States. Um, it, it's just one measure of hypocrisy and, and, and another, and, and no one is seemingly being held accountable. Uh, there's certainly an uptick in the protests in New Zealand, but the politicians seem to have no remorse for the absolute insanity um, that has really harmed the lives and livelihoods of average Kiwis. If you look at the numbers, um, the, the hospital system is like completely broken because of the crazy policies and because of the reality that they couldn't uh, import any healthcare workers because they, they froze the borders for so long. But it, it, it's just, uh, it's been peak insanity there. And, and it's not like the, the COVID situation miraculously went away. This, this decision to drop the mandates is all political. It's becoming extremely unpopular. So they just decided to kind of be done with it and try to sweep it under the rug. Dr. J, my, uh, my friends in medicine, nurses, doctors, administrators tell me this isn't unique to New Zealand about the destruction to the healthcare system, that America has taken some real wounds that we can't quite see yet. Look, you're at Stanford. What do you hear? I mean, I think uh, the, probably the biggest untalked about wound, the, 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 the thing that's really going to hurt us for decades, is we interrupted the schooling of, of countless kids, especially in blue states, especially poor kids. Uh, the consequences of that we're going to be paying for a long time, Jesse, because uh, even, yeah, I mean, even you may have criticisms about the, the schooling system, but if you have no school or Zoom school, that's even that's much worse. And uh, what happens is those kids will lead shorter, poorer, less healthy lives. And uh, that's all over a virus that doesn't really harm them so much. Uh, the, 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 con the consequence of our response to the virus will be harming our children for decades to come. Well, that's the bad news. The good news is Dr. Fauci is certainly going to be held to account. Uh, here was. You know, I could feel I could stay here forever, but I don't think that that's in the cards. You have to step down sometime. And there are a few things that I would 
want to do outside of the realm of the federal government while I still have the energy and the motivation and the good health to do that. Well, I have not pursued anything specific because the rules of government ethics are clear that you've got to make sure you stick with the job that you're doing and to avoid any conflict of interest. You don't engage in any specific discussions about opportunities after or else you have to recuse yourself from many of the things you want to do and i don't want to do that yes 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 jordan i am sure he hasn't had any discussions with anybody about the gigantic payday that's coming afterwards it's all been on the up and up he's probably just going to retire to the mountains we'll never hear from him again yeah it's amazing how someone without a a, a jd is so well-versed in, in legal terminology. You could sense that he was always, almost going to give the game away, like, oh, I got this gig with Moderna, and it's starting in three months, and then it's like, oh, wait, hold on a second, I'm not allowed <laughs> to say that. But um, it, it's very clear that, that, to me at least, that Fauci's about to, to cash out. Uh, he was limited, although he was the highest salary government bureaucrat for decades, he was limited by uh, all kinds of disclosure rules, and, and Congress could potentially gathered some info. So now that he's retired, we're not retiring, he's moving on to the next phase of his career at the age of 82. And he's going to go ahead and work in the private sector and I'm sure do some some uh, work for major pharmaceutical companies and all of these uh, very profitable enterprises where he's shoveled billions of dollars to over the years based entirely on whether he likes these people or not, or whether they're, they're down with the government health agenda. Um, it seems that every, and, and I'm sure Dr. Bhattacharya can speak to this, but it seemed that I, when the people I talked to over the last couple of years that dealt with government grants, they all knew that you couldn't cross Fauci because if you cross Fauci, he could basically destroy your, your hospital system, he could destroy your, your company, your startup. Uh, you need to get approval from uh, government health in in our in our weird uh, American healthcare system right now in this like quasi public private socialist capitalist system. But Fauci was uh, a very important part of it, and I think now he's going to get that other end of the quid pro quo and really cash in on the deal. Doctor, explain this grant system for people who are way outside of the medical system. They don't understand what this means, what grants, what incentives, what are, what are we talking about here? How does this affect me? So I'm a, I'm a professor at a, at a fancy medical school. In order to get mm -hmm. tenure at this medical school, I had to win grants from the NIH. I had to write applications. It takes years and you, you know, get rejections, and, and but you uh, win a grant from the NIH. It doesn't just get you money, Jesse. It also gets you status. Uh, it allows you to get promoted uh. to tenure. Um, and so. What Tony, when Tony Fauci sits on top of is it, and not just an enormous pile of money, but the capacity to pick winners in, among scientists. Uh, and so when he wades into health policy or like pandemic policy as it was as it has been, you know he essentially sends a warning to other people who want tenure at a, at a major medical university that you know you better toe the line or else you know you're, that's a nice career you have. And it'd be terrible if something were nasty to happen to it. Um, and so what we've seen is he's used that power to create a, an illusion of consensus for lockdowns and uh, all the ridiculous measures that we've that, we, that have just destroyed uh, the lives of so many uh, 
and you know on the basis of this idea that everyone agrees with all the all the smart scientists agree with it, but it was never true jesse it was never true that all the scientists agreed in fact there were a, a large number of scientists that had you know had a lot of uh, reservations about the but they kept quiet because they were afraid for their careers um and it's because people like tony fauci and francis collins his boss the head of the NIH, used their funding power, their power, their social power to create this illusion of consensus. Uh, they really pulled the, 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 uh, the wool over the eyes of the American people. One of the more, I don't know, under-talked about, I'm sure that's not a word, but I'm using it anyway. One of the more under-talked about people on the planet, true evil in my mind, is this Yuval Harari guy from the World Economic Forum. He has some jaw-dropping quotes out there about moving beyond the god of the bible i mean this guy sounds like a james bond movie villain well he has this to say about the biometric surveillance and covid is critical because this is what convinces people to accept to legitimize total biometric surveillance if we want to stop this epidemic we need not just to monitor people, we need to monitor what's happening under their skin. Jordan, that sure sounds like this whole thing was done with intention. Yeah, the, the old saying, uh, never let a crisis go to waste. They're really trying to milk this crisis for all it's worth, and especially these, these globalist uh, one one-party world rule guys in the World Economic Forum and, and in th this ideology that, that you know, the, whole, the likes of Bill Gates and, and the director of the World Health Organization share, um, they think that the failures of, you know, s stopping to spread a virus is due to the fact that we have all these uh, individuals out there and they just need to be controlled. So what is the best way to control them? We're going to uh, plant chips under their skin. We're going to make sure that we can more easily take away their their rights at a moment's notice. It, it's never a, a failure of the technocratic elite in, in their minds. It's, it's always a failure of of the individual. You know, if, if they like this you know, Chinese Communist Party one party rule type of system, where if some bureaucrat wants to make a decision for uh, 40 million people, then they should be entitled to do so because they are part of this this ruling class, and and it, it, it's really a extreme collective authoritarianism, uh, and the World Economic Forum is certainly one of the the worst uh, proponents of it. Jordan, Doctor, I appreciate you guys. Come back soon. Thank you. Thanks. All right. Told you to be afraid, didn't I? Look, there are forces at work here, again, that are beyond, they're bigger than any politician. One you love or one you hate. We just have to be aware so we can prepare. Wait, that rhymed. That was awesome. All right, part of pre preparation for a severe economic downturn is making sure you can eat. That's pretty important, right? I don't know about you, but starving to death sounds horrible to me. Do you have an emergency three-month food kit in your home for every person in your home? Most people do not. And most people don't know where to begin. So they start getting nervous and they'll go uh, buy a couple cans of beans and, and some granola bars. Stop. My Patriot Supply has you covered. They have an emergency three-month food kit already ready there, already ready to go. Go to preparewithjessikelly.com 
And they have a three-month food kit for $250 off. It's ready to go for you. Everyone in your home needs one. Prepare with jessikelly.com. We'll be back. Was it fair to suggest to people that somehow they're going to see some inflation reduction right now while they're hurting the votes? Well, that, that is actually not true. Uh, thanks to the Inflation Reduction Act tax credits and rebates, that is real. Inflation uh, Reduction Act credits and rebates available today include a 30% credit to cover the cost of insta installing roof, rooftop solar. Wow, that sounds like a good deal. I mean, I'm just going to throw some solar panels on my roof. Going green, baby. I'm sure it's good for the environment, good for Earth, good for humanity. Joining me now, host of the great President's Daily Brief podcast, my friend Brian Dean Wright. Brian, solar panels. Man, they, they seem so clean and nice and friendly to Mother Earth or whatever these psychos are calling it now. Is that the case? No, no, you don't want to grab one of those and twirl around in a green field, friend. They are not green. They are dirty green. So here's what we know about solar panels. One of the key pieces to making these things, you can dig deep inside one, is something called polysilicon, right? They, they require a tremendous amount of energy to create. And so that's why 75% of it comes from a coal-fired area of China. Right? So 75% of all the solar panels, in fact, more than that, frankly, that you see out there come from this area of China because they have a lot of coal and a lot of plants that fire the process to create this polysilicon. Another problem, this area of China in particular is called the Xinjiang area. And that's where the Chinese government has uh, enslaved millions of people, actually over 1 million Uyghurs, to then work in textile mills and pick cotton and put together your solar panel. So not only that, but we know that the Chinese government uh, are aware that a lot of people don't like the fact that they use slave labor uh, and this coal fire energy. So they're shipping their final products to places like Cambodia and Thailand, slapping a new label on it, and then sending it uh, to America and Europe big time. The Europeans, Germans in particular, the Netherlands buying a massive amount of this coal fired, slave manufactured solar panels. Okay, uh, that all sounds absolutely horrible. Why don't more people know? I mean, I would think, look, even on the left and the right, I would think when you're talking about things like child slave labor, that would wake people up to what's going on. Why aren't people awake? Yeah, it's a great question. Well, I'll tell you, Joe Biden and folks uh, on, the Hill, on the Capitol Hill know that this is true. And in fact, there was an investigation into this, specifically the cheating part of it coming from uh, you know this, this slave labor region. And he stopped the investigation in June. And the reason why he did it is he said he wants a bridge from now until two years from now to flood this country with cheap Chinese uh, manufactured uh, solar panels, right? So they know where it's coming from. We could also talk about the minerals or the mining process that goes into other things, specifically batteries. We've got a child slave labor there too, issue there too. Brian? Okay, solar panels suck, that's fine. Well, what about these windmills, man? I drive around and I see all these gigantic wind fields and I think to myself, wow, that's so friendly to the earth. Is that the case? It's not. So the issue here uh, is the blades. These suckers are massive, right? And they become uh, very, very well old and brittle after a period of time. 10 to 15 years is when most folks take them down. What do you do with them? 
right? Kind of like with solar panels, 10 to 15 years later, what do you do with them? Well, right now you bury them, right? In terms of the, the blades, you cut them in about half, which is about 50, 75 yards long. That is about a football field and, or a half of one. And you have to put those somewhere. Well, it turns out that we're creating these massive dumps all around this country from North Dakota, Texas, Iowa, Nevada. They're all becoming these massive dumping grounds. And if you see images of it, in fact, folks are seeing them now, it's incredible that the, the boneyards that we are creating, and these things don't dissolve over time. They will be there forever. These are legacies that people in those communities are gonna have to deal with forever. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, this, this actually keeps getting worse and worse and worse. So I'm hesitant to even ask you about this. Uh, I've talked extensively that I believe we are in the early stages of a severe economic downturn, depression, great recession, whatever you want to call it. And part of the reason is this administration's constant attack on energy. That's a big part of it. Another reason is there's always something you can't see, right? There's a big natural disaster or a war like Russia, Ukraine, or a strike you didn't see coming. What's happening right now? I hear a lot of railroad strike. What do I care? Yeah, boy, oh boy, about $2 billion a day in economic costs if we can't resolve this. So for the past couple of years, uh, train, uh, I should say railroad companies and their, their workers have been negotiating a new deal. It expires at midnight this Friday. Well, two years, they have been able to find a solution. The Biden administration stepped in a couple months ago saying, hey, let's come up with a solution. They came up with a proposal. Well, about half of all the workers and their union said, nope, no thanks, not interested. In fact, the other half, there was one union in particular voted today that even though their union heads liked the deal, the workers said, nope, we don't want the deal either. So we now have a couple more days before we get to strike territory. And that's when we start talking about $2 billion a day in losses. And this impacts everything. My goodness, uh, retailers, they use trains to ship a lot of their goods right now, most especially before, of course, the holiday season. Farmers and ranchers, they need ammonia. That's not being shipped right now because, of course, these, this train you know, perspective strike, you don't want ammonia sitting on railroad tracks around the country. They need it to create fertilizer. So you go down uh, the, the all the costs right now. People are, are you know, not being able to travel via rail, which is probably our least of concerns. But the point is, this is a major potential crisis. If it doesn't get resolved in the next couple of days, we are looking at a nationwide strike, massive economic cost. Will Congress step in to stop this strike? They can, there's a lot that allows them to do it, but that doesn't mean that the guys and gals won't just walk off the job as an illegal strike. So hold your hats. This is gonna be a big next couple of weeks, especially the next three days to see what happens. Okay. Uh now, I'm not involved in the negotiations. I'm assuming you are not involved in them either. And I'm actually not even going to bother assigning blame here. But I have to tell you, Brian, if I'm a worker, I'm a rail worker, and I understand that I have $2 billion a day worth of leverage, why wouldn't I strike? They have all the leverage. Well, you make a very good point, friend. And I'll tell you, I do know some guys uh, who are on the front lines of this, and they're like, this has been a long time coming. They are incredibly frustrated about what they see as a degree of indifference by the folks who they work for, the, the you know different railroad companies. So this, I think there is tapping into a whale of just profound frustration by a lot of workers. So whether or not you agree with them, they are coming to the table really angry. And I think that increases the chance uh, that we will see a strike. Let's hope not. And let's hope that we get a good deal at the last possible moment. But 
I think odds are right now a lot of the mainline workers are just not going for the deal that everybody's putting towards them. Okay, finally, I have to ask, because every time you come on, you give us an update on how the natural gas grain situation and the Russia-Ukraine thing is affecting the world. I saw recently Ukraine had some massive gains. I never know what to believe or not believe, but are we getting somewhere where we're going to get some sort of resolution over there? Well, look, the, the Russians took a major punch last week because what they did is they moved a bunch of troops from the north down south. That's where they thought that they would be punched by the Ukrainians next. Well, what they did is they left their, their northern front very, very weak with soldiers who weren't particularly well trained. They had crappy equipment. And so the Ukrainians working with American forces and others took advantage of that. And my goodness, did they ever. They pushed them back hard. Now, what does that mean for the rest of the arc of the war? That's too early to tell. Now, it does make Putin, I think, and his advisors much more on the defensive. And that makes them, I think, potentially more dangerous because they're not going to lose this. They don't want to lose this because they know that if they do, it's probably their head on a stake. So I think it, it ends up pushing us closer towards a greater degree of conflict, even though in the short term, it might be great for us knowing that the Russians got punched in the nose a little bit. Oh, great. At least we don't have anything else going on right now. Brian Dean Wright, the President's Daily Brief podcast. Thank you, my man. Oh, you bet. All right. You never want to ask for a laugh or a clap. That's a rule. You know what? We're going to talk about that here in just a minute on Light in the Mood. Before we get to that, let's talk about this. Let's talk about all the other things going on right now. You know what's the last thing you need? To get evicted from your house. Now, maybe you're saying, Jesse, we're working on the budget. I'm paying my mortgage. It's all good to go. It's good, good. I'm glad you're paying your bills. Cyber thieves don't care. They're out there stealing home titles. This is the weirdest crime. I can't believe it's gotten as big as it has, but these guys are getting making fortunes off of it. They hack into your home title, forge your signature on it. Your home title's online, keep in mind. They'll forge your signature on it, and they'll go take loans out against it from various lending institutions, and you'll have to pay it back. You'll walk out to the mail one day on my life and you'll start getting late notices. I didn't take out a mortgage. So what do you do? Think it's junk mail, right? Toss it in the trash. Oh, yeah. They'll come for you. Go to HomeTitleLock.com and stop it. If you go to HomeTitleLock.com and sign up, they'll detect any tampering and shut it down immediately. HomeTitleLock.com. We'll be back. All right, it's time to lighten the mood. We're going to make fun of Nancy Pelosi and Democrats in general. Before we get to that, I want to read this email to you real quick. Jesse, thanks to you, I have become better with how and where I spend my money. It would be helpful if there was a list of non-conforming companies out there. Well, I get these emails a lot. That's why I read this to you. I get them a ton. Jesse, I want a list, or, or people want me to start something. Hey, can you start a website? I want to know where to go. And I'm not making fun of you for it. I want to know where to go. I want a resource that will tell me, shop here. They share your values. That's what I want. I have it. You have it. Pick up your phone. It's already been invented. It's called Public SQ. It's right there in your app store. They share your values, and they will tell you who else shares your values, even in your area? Going out to buy something? Need a service? Whatever. Public SQ is your one-stop shop to putting your money where your morals are. Go. Go get it.
Now, there's a rule when it comes to public speaking. In a rule you learn very early on. No one actually ever taught me this. I didn't find out until years after I had to do it, but it's a good rule. No matter what, whether you're a stand-up comedian, politician, no matter what, you never ask for applause. You never ask for a laugh. It looks desperate. looks pathetic. I mean, everyone remembers Jeb Bush. You remember this? To get back in the business of creating a more peaceful world. Please clap. makes me cringe just looking at it. Well, apparently that lesson wasn't learned by Grandma Vodka. Your extraordinary leadership has made this glorious day possible. I, that's an applause line. <laughs> Jill was applauding. Is there just a more unlikable hag in all the politics? <laughs> I'll see you tomorrow. Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright, a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country, giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning.